get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. Welcome back, Mitties, to your Intentional Leadership Podcast, and we are really excited today because we have a guest with us that's going to give us a plethora of information. I'm going to drill deep about leadership and the various roles that he currently has. Would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, well, first of all, let me say I am elated to be here uh, with Dr. Williams um, who it simplifies great leadership um, and is someone that is inspiring young leaders like myself to be the best that we can be. My name is Oscar Williams. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I've been in Dallas, Texas almost 17 years now. And um, I, to be honest, I never thought I would be a Texan. <laughs> never imagined you know. living life as a Texan. Um, but I think there's something about this Texas weather that has just drawn me and kept me here. Um, so while being in Dallas, you know, God has blessed me to do some amazing things and further my career in education. So um, about three or four years ago now, I graduated from Dallas Baptist University with my doctorate in educational leadership and management. Before that, I was uh, a Mustang at SMU. I got my master's in music composition um, and during this time also, um, I've been able to serve as the Executive Director of Music and Fine Arts at the Potter's House Church here in Dallas, overseeing both our main campus and our Fort Worth campus. And now I'm embarking on a great new adventure. Um, while I at Dallas Baptist, you know, my concentration was charter school administration. And I developed this love for just education. I've always had a love for education, but developed this you know, want to really inspire the next group of leaders um, and really do something to help change this narrative of the students coming up in this next generation. So it's been on my heart to open Speak Life Academy of Arts and Music, a performing arts-centered charter school. So that is where I've been kind of putting a lot of energy and focus. And that's where we actually met. He reached out to me. Um, I think it was on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, in regards to my experience surrounding uh, charter leadership. And we developed a friendship from yes. that. So I'm so glad you're here. You're still grinding to make that happen because I Absolutely. think it's a phenomenal vision. Uh, and also we're church members at the yes. Potter's House yes. as well. So I get a chance to uh, see all of the fine art um the various uh, uh, outlets, the dance, the the, the choir, and uh, the the drama is yes. just phenomenal. So I I know the students in the future are going to have a wealth of knowledge and opportunities, gain and practicum experience That's that I plan. love so much, that is so the much. Plan. That is the and plan. he is a leader, a multi a multifaceted leader, and that is why we have him here. Because of course, you know, we utilize the the broadcast to really empower leaders um, with a focus around being an intentional leader. Good. So let's start off with that. Talk yes. to me about what do you consider or what is your definition for leadership? Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, that's a great question. Um, I'm actually working on a book 
that talks about leadership. It talks about like the 10 myths of leadership, right? And so I, I kind of go into defining what leadership is based off what it is not. Um, you know, for me, you know, we have the common phrases of leadership is someone that can lead. Leadership is someone that has people following. Leadership is someone that has a vision. Uh, when I think of leadership, I think of a person or persons who are committed to following a goal um, and understand the costs that, that come with achieving that goal. I think of leadership in, in, a, in a way that says these persons have been shaped um, by experiences that help them lead other people to this goal. Um, they're mission-focused, they're visioned, um, and they understand how to calculate uh, both from human resources and financial resources, emotional resources. They know how to calculate all that it takes to achieve this goal, and they stick to that strategy and get there. Now, I know that's a very non-conventional way, mm -hmm. but one of the things that, that leadership school and experience has taught me is that there really is no firm definition of leadership. It shows up in so many different forms. Um, leadership is different for families, whether it's a father or a mother or a sibling. Leadership is different for organization, um, nonprofit or private sector. Mm -hmm. Leadership is different um, on a school team, you know, captain of a team. So I think when we try to define leadership as one thing, we, um, we inhibit ourselves from really experiencing all that leadership is. And to me, again, it is a person or persons that have a goal and have a strategy to get to that goal and are not afraid to count the costs that it takes to get there. Okay. That's, that's, that, you know, that's a great uh, definition of leadership. And what I really enjoy was the understanding that leadership is encompassing everyday life in multi-facets. Uh, you're the leader of your household. Yes. You know, if you're a parent, you know, um, you're a leader of your, your organization, sorority or fraternity or yes. what have you. So it depends on that particular um organization platform mm -hmm. uh, the, the leadership style and how and absolutely. as an athlete you know you could be a leader of that team absolutely. as well so what what do you think about the definition of an intentional leader hmm. an intentional leader well I love the adjective intentional so like intentional or intention really for me is is about focus it's about setting my mind towards something and not being distracted by anything on the outliers of it. So if I'm an intentional leader, I'm being intentional about, A, how I lead, who I lead, and what I'm leading them to. So my, my, for, for me in, in my environments, when I think about being an intentional leader, I think about the, the very first thing that comes to my mind is what is our goal? You know, what are my intentions for this goal? And what are my intentions for the people that I'm leading? Um, because if I can find that out and if I can answer those questions for myself, well, my intended goal is I want us to recruit 300 people. That's my intended goal. And my intention for that goal is because with 300 people, we can do X, Y, and Z. 
So now my intention with the people that I'm leading is with this 300 people, we can do X, Y, and Z. And so doing X, Y, and Z, we can impact the community this way. And then we can bring these resources. And with those that I'm leading, I can then develop them to then uh, bring other 300 more. So now when I'm able to answer those questions, to me, that's being an intentional leader. That's having an intended goal and having intention on what I'm wanting to do with that goal and the people that I'm leading. So it's the focus. Yes, absolutely. The focus for attaining that particular goal. Absolutely. And those strategies that are necessary, the human capital. Absolutely. The financial resources Mm -hmm. to attain that particular goal. Yes, absolutely. 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 So share with me, you know, in your capacity, you are over multiple ministries. Mm -hmm. Um, that's under the the auspices of the fine arts department. Yes. And you're working with multiple people (laughs) with multiple personalities. What? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in leadership, how do you handle various situations working with the multiple personalities that you have and to assure that that desired outcome or that goal is mm-hmm. met. You know, so it's one of the things that, that I am kind of researching and writing in the book. So one of the myths I think that happens with young leaders specifically is that you think you go into leadership position, right? And you think, man, people are going to love my ideas. You know, I am the leader, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we oftentimes in, as a young leader, we look at other leaders and we see their success and we're like, man, that's how it's going to be. They're going to look at me. Dr. Williams is walking down that hall and then they're just, oh, Dr. Ross, we love you. We love you. Oh, man, that's how it's going to be. And then when we get into it, it's the total opposite. They hate the ideas. They're bucking against leadership. They're undermining. They're doing all these things. <laughs> right. And you're like, wait a minute. That's the reality. That's not what I saw. <laughs> so um, dealing with what I have learned. Um, especially in a church environment, dealing with um, multiple personalities and still trying to be intentional about getting us across that goal line. I've learned empathy Mm -hmm. and I've learned to be very self-reflective. And I've learned that sometimes what I'm experiencing is actually a reflection of myself because Oftentimes, people's actions, sometimes are reactions to what has happened to them through leadership or through through a decision that I have made or something that I've said that I didn't carefully think through. How is this going to affect them? How is this going to hit them? Who am I talking to? Can they handle Do they have the emotional quotient to handle what I'm getting ready to say? And, and really and truly, if I could say anything to any leader out there, it is really hard work. It is more mental work for us. Because we have to be psychologists, psychiatrists, we have to be medical doctors, we have to be preachers and pastors and shepherds, and we have to be all of that. Because people do, especially now, um, people are dealing with so much. And so when they come to us, what I had to understand is they're coming to me because there's a sense of them wanting surety in my leadership. And to and what I'm feeling may not be them bucking against me, but it may be them trying to give me a message to say I'm not clear about what it is that your expectations are for me. So I am learning that if there is some type of deficiency that that I'm experiencing with someone, I'll first be self-reflective with myself. Did I say that right? Is there somewhere? Is there? Could I could I have communicated that differently? Uh, were my expectations clear? Were my directives clear? 
Um, was I ambiguous in, in what I was asking? I really, really try to make sure that what I'm intending got across. And then once I answer those questions for myself, then I am reflective of who am I talking to? So what kind of trouble have I had with this person? I've learned to document everything. Okay, if I go back, okay, yeah, we had this same problem communicating. They don't really understand this. They are, you know, narrow mind. They're, they're tunnel focused. They're this, 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 whatever. And now I am, as a leader, I am able to adjust and say, okay, so now when I'm talking to Susie, I know Susie is A, super emotional. I know Susie is super analytical. And I know that if I am not very, very clear and consistent with what I'm going to say, it's going to confuse her because she's very black and white. Okay. Now, when I talk to her again, I'm able to say, okay, now, boom, 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 boom. Because as the leader, it's my job to assess who I'm leading and to be intentional about what I'm leading them to. I, th I think you are spot on around self-reflection. As a leader, you're always, I call it continual improvement yes you know and when you are dealing with a team and you're trying to direct them to reach a uh, desired outcomes or, mm -hmm. or goals that you have set um your initial approach may have not been received as positively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to be self-reflective well how now that i know her or his personality yeah. how could that conversation shift or change what i get Yes, those yes. desired results yes, or what yes. have you, Absolutely. and that kind of goes into my the 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 acronym MIT, and we'll you know I always talk about motivate, inspire, and transform, and the motivation piece is mm -hmm. self reflection. Yes, yes, absolutely, self reflection because mm -hmm. the only mindset I can change is mine. Absolutely. However, you can inspire others uh, as a leader. Uh, and we should, we uh -huh. should, mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the things that was, I can't remember what book I was reading, but it, it was, you don't want to demand change. You want to inspire change. Absolutely. And I started to, when I read that, it blew my mind because I started to take that approach, even with the, the volunteers or the staff or whoever, I don't want to be a dictator leadership. I don't want to come in and they do it because they fear for their job or they fear, you know, demotion or anything like that. I want to inspire them to want to do, to change, to to come in. And I want to be that type of leader that they say, you know what, man, I'm going over and beyond because I'm inspired by what I see, what I Absolutely. hear, and what I feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes through modeling the expectation. Because yes. a lot of times they don't know what to do or how to do it, so yes. you model it for them. Mm -hmm. But I love the inspiration or inspiring them because that does, that shifts mm -hmm. their mindset mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. desired outcomes that's Absolutely. the transformation so you're, Absolutely. you're spot on with that so share with me a little bit more about in your capacity um how do you influence change especially in the climate mm -hmm. um that we're in you mm. know uh quote post a post <laughs> pandemic we mm -hmm. say we're post pandemic but there had to be a shift in post how yeah, right. still coming up. <laughs> there there has to be you know you had to shift mm -hmm. pretty quick yeah. you know with services ending Absolutely. but still providing you know the same level of praise and worship yeah. or activities and yeah. so how did you pivot <sighs> you know so i i do credit having a strong team um, that um, I had established or I would hope to say that I established a good rapport with in terms of as, as a leader. And it wasn't difficult to shift with them. It wasn't difficult to rally the team and say, 
listen, none of us know what to do. So we are going to, but whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it together. And so I've learned over the years and still learning that good leadership is also about transparency because they're not expecting me to wear the cape of Superman. They're just expecting me to be in the fight with them. And when I try to um, be this superhero, um, it doesn't allow them to see the transparency of leadership. And I think that sometimes what I've seen is, is the fault of some young leaders where it is not so much that our people want us to be superheroes. They just want us to be tangible. They want us to be touchable. They want us to be there. They want, they want connection. They want to know that whatever it is that I'm expecting of you, I'm expecting more of myself. And we're in this together. Um, so during that time, and even now, learning how to be sensitive um, to the climate, you know, we are, you know, when I say out of a, a posting pandemic, because we really don't know what tomorrow may hold. Absolutely. And so understanding that being so liquid that if we do need to shift again, I'm learning how to get my, my team in, in, in alignment in such a way where it won't be difficult, it won't be hard, that we communicate. We, we had to start communicating a lot more. And, and more so than just communicating about the job, I had to start communicating to them on a more personal level. How are you doing? What is going on with you? Because I need you to be healthy. I need you to be whole in order for us to survive this. And I don't want you to feel like you're the carnage left on the side, like all you are to this organization, this institution. It's just numbers. It's just to do the job. I want you to know that in this, we care about you as well. And so your mental wellness, your physical wellness is so important to the shift of making this work. And as a leader, one of probably the most difficult things for me, if I'm honest, was being cognizant of the person. Because I can be so focused on the goal where I'm not cognizant of the people who are helping achieve the goal. And so I'm learning, like, it takes all of that. Like, you got to ask about, did you get the assignment done? And then how is your baby? <laughs> you know, yes. did you? Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad the baby's doing well. Now, did the baby impede you from getting the assignment done? So how can we help to, to work that better? Do you need a little bit more time? Just understanding that and finding ways to show them that I care about you and I care about the work. That that the, the the relationship building yes is critical and getting to getting to know the situations that mm -hmm. are outlining influences yes that's going to impact the work that has to be done yes you know because what we tend to do as individuals is just how we are at home or what's going on at home it comes to the office yes. with you you know or in my case it comes to the campus or the district you know so. How is, you know, what what's going on with you personally so I can understand why there's a shift maybe within that particular Absolutely. performance level mm -hmm. or attitude or what mm -hmm. have you. And being concerned. And what I like what you said specifically is if there's a situation and I'm aware of it, how can I yeah. as a leader support you? Yeah, because our, t our people, what I found, especially with my people, and even as I kind of go into this school team, um, you know, I'm learning so much 
<laughs> what's so funny is I think I know a lot, and then I, I come against a scenario. I'm like, oh, I don't know nothing. Oh Lord, you know. I just, <laughs> um, because everything, and that's another thing that's in the book. It's like you're always learning. You're always at a point. Every situation, true leaders find a way to learn from every situation, every Absolutely. scenario, whether mm-hmm. good or bad. That's a mark of a true leader. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to learn in this? What am I learning about myself? What am I learning about my leadership style? And what am I learning about other people? And so learning how to support, but even have a line of delineation, okay? Because I don't want that to handicap you. Because some people are manip- manipulative. Yes. Some people will use that. They will know, oh, okay, well, you know, my baby. Now, now, Johnny, this is the sixth time. <laughs> That you have blamed your lateness right. on your child, <laughs> so I need you. I need. I need us to, to come up with a solution for that because the work is starting to suffer, and I don't want that to be a reason why the relationship has to end because of that. I want you to be able to take care of your child, absolutely. But we have to have a solution because there are other people here with children, and some kind of way they're able to make it worked to be on time. So let's talk through that. Let's evaluate that in 10 to 15 days. Let's see. Let's talk about what those solutions are. And then let's see how we move forward. I think you give, you give, you've given great examples of, you know, and and takeaways from the, the podcast as it relates to, communicating with your subordinate Mm -hmm. or your, the, the person that you're supervising. Whereas it's a constant, um, dialogue yes but there is a point and there's a time whereas there has to be repercussions for your actions if it is abused yes absolutely absolutely and and we have to realize that as well so um i like to to talk about things that are um inspire Mm -hmm. you so talk to me first and and foremost what motivates you Mm. What motivates me? (laughs) Ah, man. So I am motivated by so many things and but no one in particular thing. So it could be my I find my motivation a lot of times in the elements around me. Um, I could be motivated by seeing a child run to her father or her mother. I could be motivated by um, a mural uh, that I see on the side of the road. I could be, you know, I think with my team, I'm most motivated sometimes by their stories of perseverance, right? Um, Because I find it remarkable anybody that, that deals with life and keeps on kicking, so I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated by um, resilience. Um, I think that that has a special place in my heart. When I look at my family, my father, uh, who's deceased, my mother, who's still here with us, my grandparents who were deceased, they were resilient. Um, we didn't necessarily come from money. We weren't poor, but my father was such a hardworking man. And one of the things that <laughs> that I, I, I say to people, my parents always taught us um, if we did something, um, you know, if I went and kicked the door or something, she's, my mother would say, why did you do that? And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, Mm-mm, I don't know is not an answer. <laughs> 
you know, you need to have a response to everything that you do. Because if you say, I don't know, that means you're crazy. And I don't have no crazy kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned from them that everything, A, everything has an action, a reaction. But then there is, you're responsible for the trajectory of your life. You know, you have to be resilient. You cannot take excuses. You have to. I think that's the reason why I, I fell in love with education and just stayed in school and just, you know, hey, because it was this resilience. It was this when people tell you no, show them the yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that has kind of been the trajectory of my life. If you tell me no, I'm going to show you the yes. I'm going to find a way. If I don't have the resources, I'm going to find the resources. So I'm motivated sometimes by your no. Because your no will motivate the yes in me to show you like, okay, I mean, I, if, if I feel called to this, this is going to happen. And then I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. So mm -hmm. I am motivated by the God who strengthens me to do all that I need to do. So I hope that answered the question. It, it did. It did. And what I, 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 you know, when I thought about what you said, you, you talked about motivation and various forms. Form situation, different things that, you know, motivate you, you know. And I, I honestly um, hadn't thought about it like that, but that is so true. It depends on the situation that you're in or what you – you're right. An art piece, you know, can inspire – motivate you. Uh, or uh, a person's action, you know, to you singing and, and the emotions that come from yeah. that, you know. And motivate you to get up, you know what, man, like – if they can be that energetic in this moment right. of life, I'm motivated to do that. And I think with my team, it happened. Some of them, like all of our, most of our, my team, their parents live out of the city. And so we all have aging parents. And, and, and many of the listeners probably understand, like, when you are, you, you can have an aging parent, but then when you don't live in the same city, that's a little bit more challenging. It's very challenging. So, um, so we, we kind of garner motivation from each other to just stay with it. Don't get bogged Keep down going. with your emotions, your right. feelings, whatever. You know, so we're motivating each other to stay in the fight um, and reminding each other of our purpose. That's a great example. How do you inspire others? Uh, you know, <laughs> I would hope, I would hope that I inspire others through a few things, through my actions I try to be intentional with my actions. Um, I try to be very intentional with my words. I think if I had to leave it at one, I would say my words. I try to be inspirational through my words. Um, when I was on this journey to find out what my true gifting was, I learned that my true gift. So I've been, you know, I've been a musician. I've been all of this. And when you grow up in black families and black mm -hmm. church, you know. Anything that you do good at a young age, that's what you're meant to do. So if you beat no pots and pans, oh, he finna be a drummer. You know, if you say that, if all of us that did the Dr. Martin Luther King speech when right. we was in the third grade, you know, we down, we supposed to be a preacher. Mm. So when I really learned that my true gift from God is communication, I then took a very serious approach to I want to make sure that in everything I communicate, whether it's writing a song, playing the piano, uh, preaching, teaching, giving a speech, writing a book, or leading people, I want to be intentional with how I communicate because I want to inspire them through my words. And so I hope, I hope that somewhere along the way, something that I say inspires people to live again, to love again, to dream again, uh, and to hope again. 
That's wonderful. I got kind of emotional there, uh, Mitties, when I'm hearing that because that that your words, words and actions to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, words mm-hmm. and actions. Um, last question. So, how do you transform those you supervise as an intentional leader, their mindsets for desired outcomes? Man, that's a really good question. How do I transform their mindsets? <laughs> If anybody out there knows, tell me. Send me a DM. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's probably one of the hardest things uh, or one of the hardest lessons that I've had to continually learn in this thing called leadership. Um, because, and I say that because sometimes, depending on what age and stage the person is in, if you get people who are younger, it might be a little easier to transform their mindsets because they don't have enough life experience to really dig their heels into like, this is how I think. But if you get people in in various stages, older stages, um, sometimes it can be a little more difficult because, you know, depending on the type of person, we are all products of our life experiences. Mm-hmm. And so... We believe ourselves before we believe anybody else. So when you talk about transforming somebody's mindset, literally what that says to me is I have to sometimes convince you that what you think about something is not really what it is. Um, And I'm up against you giving back to me, well, this is what I experienced. And to all of us, our experiences are real and they Mm -hmm. become our identity and they become our reality. And so in my mind, a good leader, a great leader is one that has the ability to somewhat divorce you from your experiences enough to get you to see that it could be a different way. And sometimes I'm successful with that and sometimes I am not. But I think the more it goes back to a word that we said, the more relationship that you establish, Mm -hmm. the more trust that is garnered that that person understands that if I tell you that outside is the sky is, is blue, but all you've ever seen is gray skies, relationship will allow you to trust me enough to say, okay, I'll walk out with you one more time because you said it's blue. And then I know I got to deliver this blue sky because if I walk out <laughs> and it's gray, I'm going to push you back in there. But at least we have a relationship where I can transform your mind enough so that you don't think that every day is going to be a gray sky, that there will be some days that are blue. And so, again, just honestly, sometimes I've been successful with it uh, and sometimes not. I'm still learning. You know, it's a relational thing. It's building trust. It is, you know, um, success and failures. It is. And then lastly, it is understanding also that some people you will not be able to convert. Mm. And being okay with that. That part. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that means to the repercussions that you were saying that when as a leader, if I know, you know what, I think we're at an impasse here Mm -hmm. because um, I don't know that how you're thinking aligns with how, how I'm thinking or the culture of the team or the culture of what we're trying to build here. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means that, I don't know if you're aligned for us. And I think it would be in our best interest if you go that way and we go this way. Right. Um, and I'm coming to understand that, that even with the greatest of people, even with the greatest of talents, sometimes transforming 
their mindset for them would be losing you so that you acclimate to them. And Ooh, I can't afford to do that. That's good. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Um, and, I, and, and I can say for myself, I have done that almost mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I had to recognize that, you know, we're at a place whereas we need to sever yeah. ties. And it's yeah. okay. Yes. It's, yes. it's totally okay. Yes. You know, um, because ultimately, you know, they're, the only true mindset we can change is our own. Absolutely. We can influence. Absolutely. We can, just like you said, we can uh, provide support and, and try to give you the vision or the guidance to say, hey, you can't, you can do, if you follow this path, we can reach that goal together, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But if you're not ready to do it, and you're not willing to, absolutely, then we have to do what we need to do. And you may not be a part of that team. That and that's a process. hard thing for young leaders. Yeah. That's, again, I keep going back to the book, but mm-hmm. I'm really worried. Because it, because it is, because as a young leader, and not young in, ter- in terms of age, but young in terms of experience, absolutely, you think that um, this first team that you, that you pull together you know, is your A team? It's like, oh man, and right. and we kind of sometimes default to the to the friends. This is another mistake that I that I made early on in that you the team that you ultimately will have may be very different from the team that you start off with, mm-hmm. and because typically we default to people that we know, but we never worked with them. So I'm gonna get my mama, and I'm gonna get my sister, and I'm gonna get my cousin. You know, because my cousin work at a bank, so he gonna be over the finances. And my sister, she talk on the radio, so she gonna be communication director, whatever. And we don't realize we've never worked with them. We've right. never had to lead them. We've never had to manage them. And it's a total different experience. Ooh, more pushback than anybody. Oh my! The people you goodness, know. The people that you yes. know. And then now when you get now becomes the challenge of how do I separate because now I have brought in our personal relationship and a professional relationship. And some people don't have the emotional capacity to separate the two. That's right. So if I had to let you go, it feels like I'm letting go of a friend, not an employee. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that. And so the next go around, you learn, okay. Mama might be really, really great, but I just want mama to be mama. Exactly. And I'm going to keep mm-hmm. mama in that category because I can't never fire mama from being mama. <laughs> and I don't want to have to fire mama from, from being cafeteria right. uh, manager. Yes. I want to do that. So I'm going to let mama be mama over there, and then I'm going to find someone where there is no emotional connection so that if the job is not being done, there is no wear and tear on me emotionally when I have to make the decision that I have to make. That's a good insight. That was very good insight. So as we conclude the broadcast, this has been really great. I could continue talking with you all day. But I do want to ask you, is it anything that you'd like to share as a closing statement with uh, our audience? Yes. Well, you know, to all those who listen, again, I so appreciate this opportunity. I so appreciate you, Dr. Williams, for allowing me to come and to be a part of this amazing uh, movement that you have. I think it's great to inspire those uh, potential leaders, those expiring leaders, and those current leaders out there, uh, giving them nuggets and jewels and gems to just kind of do what we do even better. So um, to everyone out there, my mentor in life has always been very simply Speak Life. Um, the school that I'm building is called Speak Life Academy of Arts and Music. My LLC is Speak Life. My 
latest music project is called Speak Life. And Speak Life has been a part of my life. It comes from the scripture from Proverbs, death and life, lying the power of the tongue. But it's also deeper meaning in that um, in everything that we do in a world that promotes a culture that cancels, in a world that promotes almost demoralizing everything, in a world that would, would make us turn on our very family, you have to choose to speak life. You have to choose to find that that is positive and speak that. You have to understand that there's so much power in your words. Your very atmosphere, the very yes. thing that you live in is cultivated by the words. My tagline is, your words create your world. Mm. And so to everybody out there, every day of your life, choose to speak life. Choose to speak into your world the words that will create the world you want to live in. Thank you. I think that sums it up for this podcast. He's touched my spirit. Right, right, quick light. So, again, we'd like to thank Dr. He didn't say it earlier, but I'm going to say it. Dr. Oscar Williams for attending the Intentional Leadership Broadcast. And as always, Mitties, the genesis of change begins from within. It's intentional leadership.